boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 30th of March. I have another terrific show ahead this morning. I'll have my very first international guest on the show, greyhound expert David Mitchell, who will be joining me all the way from the UK to talk about the idea of Australian dogs heading to the UK, racing over there, and uh, to talk about some of the pups that he's purchased in Australia. What's making news around the kennels? Orson Allen finally cracked a Group 1 in the Perth Cup last Saturday night for Corey Grenfell, taking his earnings to just shy of $473,000 in just 49 starts. And it was the former Victorian rock star patriot for local trainer Paul Stewart who took out the Galaxy final, Tornado Tears running a gallant second. I had the privilege of hosting the Shepherd and Greyhound Awards last Saturday night for the sixth year and it was a wonderful celebration there of both human and canine achievements. Well done to the club on a great night. However, the club was saddened by the sudden death of Josh Maywald at only 35 years to an aneurysm. He was involved in many aspects of the industry and the Shepherd and community have spoken very highly of him. So condolences to his friends and family. The launching pad heats commence at Sandown next Thursday night, so keep an eye out for the fields which will be released on Monday. The three-week series boasts over $432,000 in stakes, $150,000 to the winner and is for dogs with one to six wins and no more than 30 starts. And with the Easter egg not too far away, some Victorians have already been heading up to Wentworth Park to trial. And if the trial times are anything to go by, I'm sure we will have some serious contenders for the series. Rip and Sam will be heading over to New Zealand sometime soon to contest the silver collar at Manukau over the 779 metres for the June event. The former Victorian Ring the Bell won the event in 2017 and 2018 and I think that uh, distance looks like it will suit Rip and Sam down to the ground. Sandown hosted a Greyhound Community Day last Sunday that saw more than 250 greyhounds attend along with other family pets. Eight greyhounds found their forever homes and by all accounts it was another fabulous day with plenty of stories and advice given and great to see some of the other rehoming groups attending also. And finally, on April the 28th, we will see a nationwide greyhound adoption day across six Australian states. The first national adoption day last year saw 212 dogs adopted. No doubt the number will grow this year. Todd McKenney is once again the ambassador for this wonderful event and he is the perfect advocate having his own pet greyhounds and he really does speak from the heart. The Victorian leg will be held at the Meadows. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And like I mentioned in the opener, we have our special guest from the UK today, David Mitchell, or Mitch as he's more commonly known. He's owned and bred many greyhounds over the past 20 years before joining the MyRacing.com syndicate as a greyhound expert. Since then, he's headed up the MyRacing.com and Blue Tick Greyhound Syndicates, joined the Greyhound Writers Association and has made several appearances on Racing Post Greyhound TV. Good morning, David. How are you? Hi, great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, I've been wanting to do this for quite a while, but I think now is the right time. Um, there's been some talk, I know, from the UK end about Australian greyhounds racing over there. So can you just talk us through the initial concept uh, with bookmaker Ben Keith and also Sandown's Michael Floyd? Yes, basically, um, Ben Keith is an incredible ambassador for our sport in the UK. Um, and prior to the 2018 
English Derby, um, in which Ben's company sponsors. Um, I had some discussions with him around, you know, getting dogs over from America, Australia. We even looked at New Zealand. Um, and I know that Ben had sent some emails out across the world, basically offering the, the opportunity for dogs to come over here. And, and then we see Mick Floyd's tweet about the Melbourne Cup, and that kind of put the wheels in motion. That's right. He he went and said to the to the uh, English people, you know, the greyhound that wins the English Derby gets an automatic start into the Melbourne Cup heats, didn't he? And um, it was probably just the timing. It all happened a little bit too quick, but uh, it certainly planted a seed. Yeah, well, basically, after that, we then went on to um, our racing post Greyhound TV. We had loads of discussions with um, We spoke to the Americans. We spoke to a trainer owner there called Norm Raider, who has a dog called Tip Top, who was a 2017 All-American, and he was quite interested in coming over. Um, obviously, with things happening over there. But, yeah, there was a lot of interest around the world to come over for our derby. There sure was. Um, we did have a, a bit of discussion about it on the show last year here um, with my old producer and um, we just thought, you know, from Australia going to England, it's just a massive thing with quarantine, um, just the time. And, and we consider here, David, in Victoria in particular, that we have the world's best racing and tracks and maybe I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> I'm sure you'd like to argue that point with what you've got over in the UK. And um, the thought of, you know, do people want to send greyhounds, our top greyhounds from Australia, to the UK? And um, it probably wasn't that favourable, but um, that's not to say that we can't send dogs over there in the future to have them race and race a career in England. Uh, no, definitely not. I mean, there's been a long-standing discussion on both sides of the world saying um, you obviously had Brett Lee, we had Premier Fantasy, both. Um, both of them have proved themselves as sires on both sides of the world and um, they're part of many, many good lines either side. So we've had many discussions on where which are the best dogs and whatnot. So it was just the idea to try and create something where we could get all these dogs together and basically thrash it out and see where we're at. Yeah, it, it does sound amazing. It really does. Um I'm sure you'll remember back in 1997, this concept came to fruition here in Victoria when they had an international Top Gun. We had an Irish, English and American dog contest the Top Gun. And in hindsight, look, it was an amazing concept, but probably poorly executed. But that's um, with 2020 vision. And I know if things were to happen now, David, they'd be done a lot differently, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, massively different. The sport's in a totally different place now to even 10, 20 years ago. Um, as I said about bloodlines and the, the racing, it's just totally different now. I think um, if it was thought properly now, especially with the um, different ideas around the sport, um, I think it could it could take off. Yeah, let's hope it does because I think um, it would, you know, the world's such a smaller place now, isn't it? And it logistically, 22 years ago, it was a massive effort from all parts. I mean, we weren't didn't have our, our mobile phones that we could just quickly send a message and it was all probably done via fax and perhaps email and long-distance calls. So it sort of now is probably the time that it could be done a lot simpler and a lot easier. And I think the quarantine laws are a little bit more relaxed as well. Do you know much about those, David? Yeah, so when we went through the concept of, you know, how can we get an Australian dog 
over for our derby, when you start breaking down the barriers, when you start going through the quarantine, it's it's not as big a task as you would once think it was. Um, yeah, you've got the financial behind it, and that's the reason why I think it kind of we haven't made it possible because. If a dog was coming from Australia to England, it wouldn't just be for one competition. It would have to be for a number of things. But if you break down each barrier, it's not that big of a task to get a dog over from Australia to the UK and vice versa. No, and I had a girl on the show a couple of weeks ago who actually exported dogs um, to Russia a number of years ago, some brood bitches. So it certainly can be done. And I'm sure now that um, the travelling for the greyhounds is a lot easier, probably a lot less stressful. Um, Of course, welfare is in everyone's mind. So you would expect that the transport companies who fly these greyhounds, um, you know, probably do provide the absolute best service that there is as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, and that was the one thing we looked at. We looked at companies that could do this for us. We looked at um, getting kennels over in the UK that we could we could create some kind of base here and um, some link up with a trainer in the UK to link up with a trainer in Australia because it was well, it was unreasonable to think that we could get an Australian trainer to come over for quite a long period of time. Mm. So there's a lot of things that we kind of went through, but it's definitely possible. Well, we look at Dolores Ruth, um, the Irish trainer, and a number of years ago, she has sent dogs over to race here. Um, I, I can't recall, look, I, I tried to go through some records. I can't recall them being in any big group race finals, but I do know that they race here in Victoria and they did win races. So that just goes to show in itself that it has been done. Yeah, um, Dolores Ruth's obviously got the razzle-dazzle prefix and she's had some great dogs over the years. She's closer than to the Ballymac prefix over in Ireland, and they, they, they're clearing up over here. But, yeah, it's, it's been touched on, I think, over, over many years, it's been touched on quite a few times without being fully established. Yes. Um, but I definitely think we can do something like that. Well, it sounds like there's a driving force in the UK at the moment, but we've been talking about um, the 1997 Top Gun, David. Um, we've got the replay of that, and the greyhounds in it that were international were Farlow Brook, Welcome Treat, and Patsy Cast. Um, it was won by Chicago Blue, a Victorian chaser here, but we'll take a listen to that. Hold on the line, and we'll have some more on Talking Greyhounds with you. Racing Chicago Blue, a little bit slow to begin on Kilo's Millie away fast. Roanoke, the Queenslander, showing blistering speed into the first bend of lead. Goes to the front of the back straight, about four lengths clear. Chicago Blue's unwinding with a big run. Then came Kilo's Millie, awesome assassin. Wider out as Farlow Brook, followed by Shannon Storm. And then came Patsy Cast. And welcome treat racing off the back straight on Roanoke, the leader. Chicago Blue was wearing it down on the outside, clear over awesome assassin. Chicago Blue raced to the straight and into the front of the straight. And Chicago Blue has won the Top Gun brilliantly in the run home from Awesome Assassin. Third in the race is Roanoke, followed further back by Kilo's Millie. Then came Shannon Storm from Patsy Cast and Farlow Brook. Welcome, Treat. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And this Saturday morning, we're talking greyhounds with David Mitchell all the way from the UK. And David, um, that run, it was a, an exciting run. We actually, well, I was associated with the dog in the final, but um, it was great to, to listen to that again. And I'm sure you're familiar with those UK dogs that were over here. Yeah, um, I, obviously the follow prefix is, is one prefix that is in many good lines over here and um, many, many good dogs have carried that prefix. Um, but yeah, definitely. 
So, David, let's get to some differences in the tracks and the racing style, that the challenges that would be facing um, Australian greyhounds in the UK. So there is differences in the preparation of the track, um, the sand. The lure is on the outside um, that I believe – well, the track that I went to, it was. Um, is that standard? Yeah, all tracks in the UK, the, the, the hair is on the outside. So obviously you've got the different tracks, you've got the difference in the, the lures. The surface is slightly different, whereas um, obviously we looked at the surface that they've got in the US is quite loose and deep. Um, it's a slightly harder surface in Australia, and we're somewhere in the middle, and um, probably more close to the Australian. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, going through those barriers of, of the different lures, the different tracks, the you know, Toaster, for instance, which is our premier track, is quite wide like an Australian track. Right, and the greyhounds are seeded into their box draws over there in six dog fields, which is something that is being looked at over here. Um, I know in South Australia they are looking to have six dog races, um, but the seeded box draws is a quite a contentious issue at times over here. So perhaps it would be, you know, beneficial and suit some greyhounds if they were to travel to the UK. Yeah, and, and obviously we, we can talk about tosses um, a bit further, but. Um, Toaster had some eight box races. Um, yeah, there's, I, I could see if if the Australians had some more six box races, we would see how that would would work, and then kind of link it back to how it would possibly work in the UK. Um, but it's it, it, it's those little variations, those little differences, we just need to iron out. Yeah, and that's just something that you you can't really iron out, I guess, until you this begins and it starts, and then you you have those few little issues that you have to see which works best. But it's hard to make all these rules and regulations, isn't it? And know what ha- is going to happen if the greyhounds haven't raced under their conditions, those conditions. But David, how are the state of affairs um, with UK racing at the moment? Um, I believe there was a closure of a track over there. Yeah, so Torster, which was our premier track. Um, the course of the English Derby last year is now closed. Um, they're running into financial trouble with contracts and whatnot. Um, but there's still ongoing discussions at the moment about its future. So at presently, Nottingham has stepped in as the replacement for the English Derby, and them guys there are doing a great job in getting the Derby set up for this year. Um, but on top of that, we've got other issues with prize money, Category 1 competitions that have fallen by the wayside. And I guess that's where I had a conversation last year when I was in London with Ben Keith. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't meet him, but we did have a phone conversation and he was absolutely staggered um, when I was just mentioning some of the stake money here for our lower grade races. And, um, you know, our Melbourne Cup was worth 630000 a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we had the Perth Cup last week, which was worth, I think, 150000 We've got a lot of money injected through gambling and betting back into the industry and he was staggered by that. So that's perhaps why a bit of a stumbling block why Australians may be reluctant to send greyhounds to the UK. Yeah, the, the financials in, in the UK at the moment, it's to actually compete at the highest level of the sport, um, you would be looking at paying a decent amount of money for a, de- a decent pup to produce something at schooling. Um, but the competition, the prize money for, say, Category 1 competitions has, has generally declined. Um, the Derby's taken hit this year. And, and we had, for instance, last year we had the, they just gone, we had the English Oaks. 
that nearly didn't happen because of there just wasn't enough prize money. And that is um, that is the real issue in the UK at the moment. The prize money for top competitions just isn't there. Right, it's such a shame, isn't it? Now, do you rely more on bookmakers on the track, David? Um, we don't have a lot of bookmakers at all these days. Most betting is done through the tote or people have their accounts, do it over the phone. Do you still get good crowds to the races? Yeah, you get decent crowds to the races. Um, a lot of our tracks, for instance, Crayford, Romford, for instance, they're all owned by um, bookmakers, Newcastle, Sunderland. They're owned by... Um, by bookmakers, you see, so they 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 tend to sponsor their own races, sponsor competitions. But in terms of um, the general prize money that's pumped back into the sport through bookmakers, it's just not enough. Right. It's not enough to see it as an attractive proposition to bring new people into the sport. So, do you have many professional trainers over there, or is it more a, a matter that they have that as a hobby and just hope to make a little bit on the side? No, I mean, we have professional trainers, right. and they are contracted to each track. Right. Um, but they then, we have to obviously, as owners, pay kennel fees, then um, the trainers are retained to the track. So a trainer can make a, a living, but as an owner, it's from the moment you buy a greyhound, you're just paying out, paying out, paying out. Unless you were lucky enough to get a dog that was of high quality to win a derby, for instance, or go to stud, a lot of the time, it's it's a labour of love. Right. It it makes it. Um, I mean, you want to have fun. You're there because you just love the sport. But um, you, you do want to have some return that you can invest back into the industry, don't you? And it, it makes it worthwhile. Yeah, and that's why we we look at um, larger syndicates. This is why we 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 move into syndicates because it's very very difficult if you want to pay some really good money for a, a really nice dog to do it on your own and then to fund that, it's, it's really difficult. So this is why we came up with the concept behind big numbered syndicates. You get the same entertainment, same value, but your costs are so, they're just massively reduced. And that leads us to our next point, David. The most exciting, I guess, for you is that um, with Blue Tick Syndicates, I think it is, uh, you can tell me, um, you've purchased a couple of greyhounds from Australia. Um, they're bred by... Greg Sprod and Tyrone Whittington, who are very, very good breeders, have had lots of group winners. So can you tell us about this concept in the syndicates? Yeah, so basically um, everything we've talked about, I then spoke to Mick Floyd, who then linked us up with Kel Greeno, who then had a conversation with Tyrone on our behalf and, and explained who we were, what we were looking at doing. And Tyrone then gave me a call and said, "Look, we'll, we'll kind of we'll look at this." And then we so we've basically we've got two pups. We've got um, a bitch out of Unawajo, and that's a Fernando Bale, yep. and another bitch out of Buquet, and that's a Collision. And um, so the uh, and both the bloodlines are absolutely fantastic. So we're very, very, very lucky to um, to be able to get these type of pups. So now we need to try and get you some ownership here in Victoria too, don't we? And um, that's probably a little bit of a, a problem at the moment. But when you consider in racing, horse racing over here, we have sheiks owning horses, we have international owners everywhere. Um, hopefully that won't be too much of a problem much longer, David, and you can be recognised as owners here in Victoria. Yeah, that's it. I mean, as I say, we've, we've had the discussions with Kel um, and, the, and 
he will handle everything for us. Tyrone's great, great fella. He's going to deal with the breeding side of it. And basically, this is just us dipping our toe in the water, buying two nicely bred pups, and then seeing where we go from there. I mean, we have got owners all over the world. It's, uh, when I'm talking about our syndicate, the Blue Tick Syndicate, um, and especially the My Racing Syndicate, we've got over 100 owners in the UK and Ireland, Japan, Australia, Switzerland. And because of the communication now with WhatsApp and Periscope for live streaming, it just brings everything so much closer that you don't need to have have to go to the track, have to go to the kennels. You can just keep in communication with people over the phone. Oh, absolutely. And um, I mentioned earlier we don't get many people to the tracks, David. On Cup Night, like Melbourne Cup Night and our big events, the Top Gun, the track is absolutely packed. You you can hardly move. So hopefully one of these pups of yours will be at one of those meetings and we can get a, a contingent of people from around the world to watch their dogs run. That would be absolutely wonderful. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've already started discussing now. Um, some of my owners are discussing trips over and oh, I'm going to Australia next year. I'll pop down there and, and we'll go there and see the dogs. So, no, it's really exciting and we're looking forward to it. And as I say, this is just us kind of dipping our toe and, and um, you know, seeing how things go and yeah. hopefully open the other opportunities. Oh, I'm sure it will. You need to start somewhere and um, you've done a lot of groundwork. So well done to you and to Ben and everyone else involved. And look, David, I hope to um, continue this relationship. I'd love to have you on the radio for updates, you know, at times down the track and um, really appreciate your time this morning. Um, I know there's a bit of a difference there, so you're probably looking to get to bed, but um, really do appreciate it. Thanks very much. Appreciate you having me on. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Race number six on the program, the Group 1 Sky Racing Perth Cup and away in racing campaign. He went to the inside, so too did Orson Ellen who crosses the field. West on Augie out wide goes to second. Hecton Bale underneath of it and then followed by Hasten slowly. Up around the outside was Dinah Patty and then followed by Kiss Me Linda 88 and last of all was Campini down the back and Orson Allen's flying out by three lengths on Hecton Bale then followed by Dinah Patty in behind them 88 and Hasten slowly but off the back and Orson Allen still by four lengths. In second place was West on Augie then followed by Dinah Patty in the straight though and Orson Allen race away Hecton Powell gets to second ahead of Dinah Patty third then followed by Campini who ran on with 88 West on Augie second last was Hasten slowly and Kiss Me Linda at the rear. An outstanding run there in the Perth Cup and an outstanding call from Peter O'Neill who we had on the show last week. Last week's dog to follow Jaro Bale hasn't started during due to being scratched last week at Ballarat but watch out for him. I've got two dogs to follow this week. Dinah Unther led all the way to win a maiden final at the Meadows at only its fourth start in 29.82 last Saturday night and also Ryko Rocket Rocketta, who ran a 29.78 at the Meadows on Wednesday and is engaged tonight, race 10, number 2. My best bet is also tonight, race 5, number 6, Ella Enchanted, has a vacant box on its inside. A good beginner and comes off three wins. It's only placed once out of four starts at the Meadows, but I think it's a chance tonight to find the lead early. And we have plenty of group racing coming up. Again, we have the launching pad heats next week at Sandown and the Easter egg heats not far away either. So until then, like we always say here on Talking Greyhounds, you keep those tails wagging.